Hi, welcome again to the Good Dog Workshop podcast. It's Carlos. I'm with Brian, and we are a resource for dog owners. We want to make sure that you can sift through the ridiculous and speak dog the natural way. Hey, Brian, what's up? Hey, Carlos. What are we talking about today? So this is interesting because I don't have any, I don't recall ever hearing anyone talk about this in the dog community anyway. A lot of people try to avoid it, but it's the, um, the topic is liability, right? Sometimes we hear in the news that dog got out, bit someone, and now they're in court. And I know, Brian, you have some experience with that. I guess the goal today would be to get people to understand the ins and outs of liability, how far it goes, what it means to have a dangerous dog, so on and so forth. Okay. So um, as far as dangerous dogs go, that varies from, from state to state. In Virginia, there's a whole, you know, section 3.2-6540 um, that uh, is, is kind of hard to sift through. But one of the, uh, someone else online had, had just broken it down really quickly. As dangerous dogs requirements are the bite must have resulted in more than a scratch, abrasion, or other minor injury. Number yeah. two, the bite must not have occurred at a lawful hunting or dog handling event. Duh. Three, if the attack mm-hmm. involved another animal, the dog is not considered dangerous if both animals are owned by the same person. So if your two dogs get in a fight, it's not right. going to be dangerous. Uh, and then lastly, the victim must not have been trespassing or committing a crime on the dog's property. Uh, and then and the part B of that last one is the victim must not have been abusing or otherwise provoking the dog. And that even goes back into the past. If the person had been provoking the dog or had been uh, yeah. uh, uh, abusing the dog in the past, but they weren't this time, that would that would also also count. But it does vary from state to state. That's Virginia. What we're talking about happened in Texas, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And I, lo- I did some research and it sounds almost uh, very similar. It sounds like it's basically an unprovoked attack that resulted in some kind of bodily harm. And the, uh, the event we're talking about is very current. So this is March 2019 that we're speaking uh, on this podcast. And this one took place late February. We're talking about it's a high-profile incident. Some some uh, people may have heard of it, but it's basically the quarterback or the Dallas Cowboys and his two pit bulls, one of them got out and into their neighbor's yard and I think was trying to get at the uh, lady's dog and the lady was trying to interfere. We do have the uh, the audio that was released by the 911 call that she did make. But basically, right now, it's a lot of speculation. We don't have the results, but they are going to go to court to determine if the dog is dangerous. And, it, and he's got uh, two pit bulls, so, so one of them was obviously a pit bull since they're both pit bulls. But this would kind of fall under that category as, as much as we can tell. And I have the audio here if you want to listen to kind of the lady's, um, the lady's phone call. She's kind of, um, I, how would you describe it, Brian? She's very, obviously she's excited. She's, she's you know, fearful. It's hard to hear what, uh, it's hard to make sense of what she's saying. So I'll try to like uh, help people. Yeah, you can you can go ahead and kind of read that because even even on the news they had to put the subtitles up yeah. on on the screen for this. But yeah, go ahead and play that, and then we'll comment it on it. After I'll it's play done. it. I'll play it, and then paraphrase real quick. Yeah. The incident happened late Monday morning, February twenty fifth, in the exclusive gated community where Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott lives. Look at the dogs, are they? 
my They're saying Dak Prescott. Yeah. Right. So she's saying one of them is unfixed. So it's unclear whether that the one that's unfixed was the one that was attacking her. Or it's, un, it's unclear. Meaning, unfixed meaning intact or unneutered. Yes. Yeah. The custom built dog run and kennel on the side of Prescott's home. Frisco police say the dogs belonging to Prescott got out through an unsecured door and that Prescott was not home at the time, but had someone there to take care of the home and the dog. Are you able to get away from them? I'm trying. They've broken down my fence in my backyard. And they bit off my finger. Did they all get According to the initial police report, the first officer to arrive found the woman's right hand to be bandaged by paramedics. Her finger was still attached, but split open. So that's the gist of it. She's saying that she was trying to beat them off. The 911 operator asked her, are you are you still there or are you inside the house? And she said, no, I'm still trying to beat them off with a stick. So it sounded like she was trying to protect her own dog. Yeah, it, it sounded like that. And and I don't want to not believe the victim, but but here's what what I'm reading from this. And you know, I've sat I've sat on three court cases before, so I have some experience with this. Um, here's what I'm reading from this, based on my phone skills with, with listening to thousands of people, yeah, sure. uh, new clients. Is she initially sounded more more panicked than uh, a few seconds or however many seconds later in this in this video? So. It seemed like maybe the dogs were not as uh, as intense later on as they as they were initially. Um, so it almost sounds like she's maybe getting the situation under control or less concerned. But she didn't sound frantic to me because if I were you know handling trying to trying to take care of two dogs um, while they were going after my dog, I probably wouldn't have the phone in my hand. I would take care of the dogs first and then maybe call 911. So this lady, and she's 50 years old, I'm, I'm 49. Um, don't know if she's in good shape or not. She sounds out of breath, but yeah. that you don't have to be running. And that could be from, you know, maybe she's not in good shape or maybe she is, and maybe she's working hard to fend these dogs off. Um, yeah. so we don't have enough information. So I understand that it is, it is speculation here, but she didn't sound as frantic as I would expect it. Plus she didn't say they're going after my dogs. They've attacked my dog. They bit my dog. She didn't say anything about her dog. Um, and, yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Uh, it's, Usually in the cases like this, the dog gets injured or killed. Right. Or, and that's she, the first thing that the dogs she, go after. Yeah, so she's – and all this – as much as we can piece together with the 911 call and uh, or if you read it online, not, nowhere it says her dog was injured. Right. Her dog was bleeding. Her dog is dead. Her, da- her dog sustained any kind of harm. But she still felt compelled to break up uh, whatever was happening, which I think ca- what caused her to get bitten in her hand. Yeah, and there, it's unclear as to as to when the dogs got through the fence because there were some boards missing, and if she was trying to, <laughs> yeah. to trying to uh, you know uh, combat the dogs or or move the dogs away from the fence, that could easily result in a finger getting bitten. Um, you know, so there's 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 not enough in for information here. But the main thing for me is the lady just doesn't sound as panicked as I would, as other people that I've talked to sound when it's a less severe thing. So, you know, I would want to do some investigating on this. Yeah, and we're definitely going to continue a lot of this speculation, and we're trying to use our our experience uh, and 
insight into dog behavior to try to guess what happened here. This is obviously a high-profile case. Dak Prescott, I think he's a second- or third-year quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. He took over for Tony Romo. So everyone, at least in Texas, knows who he right. is. I think they made the playoffs last year. So this is a, continue, a to-be-continued type story. He wasn't there, so we can't say he's at fault. But it's something that strikes me as odd is they're chewing through the fence. I mean, that seems almost like a like a horror flick. <laughs> The zombies are coming at you and they're breaking through. It's like, man, the, I, haven't, I don't know if I, I could ever say I've seen a dog chew through a fence to get to another. I know dogs chew to get out of, uh, like, for example, a crate or a kennel or something. Right. Like just, but chew through a fence to get to another dog. I'm not sure um, if, you, if you could uh, uh, share some experience. Cause that, that sounds weird to me. I haven't seen it happen, but I've talked to one or two shelter workers who said that they have seen one dog bite through a plastic kennel to try and get through another. And then even or even maybe it was the same dog even attempt to bite through the metal cage of an of uh, of a kennel to get through it. And so they used wood or metal to or thick metal to separate the two dogs and even even block off the site. So apparently that that does happen out there. But again, if that were the case. Why didn't this lady say they killed my dog? Because if the dogs were determined, if they were breaking through the fence, if they were you yeah. know, going off of their property, that's the first thing they would do is go after the other dog. And if not, if they were going after her, uh, you know, a, a finger being split. And I'm not discounting that because, you know, even the smallest of bites, they can hurt a lot and hospital bills and all that stuff. So I feel bad for the for the woman, certainly from that standpoint. But a finger being split is the least of her worries. If she has one or two um, dogs going after her, you yeah. know, to 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 inflict harm on her. So it, some something just isn't isn't right here. Yeah, and they're going to have a, a court case, a hearing they call it, about whether or not this dog is dangerous. And I think it kind of follows the same lines as 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 the legal um, language in Virginia does. If the dog is determined. To be dangerous, they might. He might have to register the dog. Um, if I guess that means it's like strike one or strike two, right? And so if 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 it becomes a, a situation, then the dog will be potentially euthanized. But the dog was quarantined, uh, as is the case when I was in Virginia. It was the same way, right? Dog bites. They quarantined a week or a week and a half. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't sound like he has his dog back yet. So no, and and in in the news report they said they the ten day quarantine period for the dog was up, but the but the um, animal yeah. shelter or the, the SPCA is, uh, or animal control, sorry, is keeping the dog. And that, that usually is, is what happens, especially probably more so in a high profile case is they'll keep the dog, um, in their, in their possession and they, in the, in the county county's possession until the date of the court case, unless there are some, you know, mitigating circumstances or something. So that, that all sounds normal. And one thing that I wanted to mention here yeah. is, um, it's not even clear to me that these dogs got into her yard right i mean she may have just be have been fending them off through the hole in the gate between the two yards right does she ever say or did did we ever read that these dogs were on her property and that's where she was you know were uh, handling them that's where she was doing combat with them it sounds to me like they broke through so that kind of it, indicates it, to me. they did yeah and okay. she, I, I guess she was brave enough to to go and and break up the fight, I guess, which is, uh, I guess it's, it's a good thing. We always want, want people to feel empowered and to protect their own. Oh, of course. Own, but yeah, good for her. There, there's a way to do it. Um, it's a tough, it's a tough scenario. Anyway, you look at it, but I think the dogs broke through. It sounds like to me that 
because it's an affluent neighborhood. There's a big yard, big space, big backyards, big properties on both sides. It was the immediate neighbor. It sounds like to me that dogs that really are this intense maybe aren't socialized like they like like they should be. And so, you know, there's there's probably some accountability there. We, again, we're speculating. But for me, if your dogs are getting out and they're getting socialized, um, they won't have this this reactivity response to a dog over the fence where they're like, oh, you know, dogs don't know that's the um, property line. The fence is the property line. You know, they're, they're just thinking, hey, I can't get to this dog, but I'm going to protect my my territory. And if it happens over and over, who knows how long this has been going on. But I, I suspect that this is not the first time the dogs are trying to fence fight, as we call it, or get at each other. And now uh, chewing through the fence, they finally were able to wear down whatever material it was, wood or otherwise, and got through. But I don't know. I feel like there's a, a lot of missteps from both sides. You should be able to see if your fence is getting worn down. You should be able to right. see it and go, hey, uh, your dog is doing this. I want you to pay for my fence before it gets worse. You know, So there's a lot of weird things up in the air here. Um, but I, I, I still... Uh, contend that if your dog is getting exercised which is why we say it's so important to get them out and walked yep then they're unlikely to do this kind of behavior even though it doesn't sound like it was so serious canine on canine aggression it just seems like this happens when the dogs are bored maybe kept inside too long maybe have are way under socialized and then someone gets in the middle of it and of course there's some some bodily harm so that's why uh this is a a big deal now because there was uh somebody who almost uh, lost their finger so Right. And a, and a lack of exercise, a lack of socializing with, with other dogs, that is the definition of frustration, is you cannot do something. You're being blocked from doing something that you want to do. And so over time, if they're not walked continually, if, or, or if they're continually not walked, if they're um, yeah. continually not socialized, it's going to build up over time and get worse and worse and worse. So it's not like you do it once or you do it once a week and you're, and you're golden, you know. The, yeah, so, and so I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure there's, there's some, uh, there's some fault on the, uh, on on the owner's part. And, and I want to touch, I want to get a touch on your experience with the court case you had to deal with. But before I do that, how much does the dog being unneutered play a part? Cause I know when I've gone to dog parks, uh, let's say with a client scenario, the client's dog is maybe intact. I notice that it, it kind of disrupts the other dogs that are, in, right. that are not, and I don't understand, I don't understand it, but I know that it can cause conflict. Yeah, and I, I have yet to find a vet who can explain that to me, um, you know, and that's, that's uh, I readily admit, I do not understand why that is, but my experience has actually been uh, been the opposite. If my, my cattle dog here read my old shepherd Morgan, they would, they would pursue, they would try to dominate an intact male. You know, you would think it'd be the other way around. And I don't know if it's some kind of jealousy thing because they yeah, you know, right. intact dog has equipment that these guys don't. But yeah. um, yes, it definitely it definitely kind of upsets the balance in a dog park is, is you know, most of the a, a lot of the the neutered males will go up to the intact male and almost, you know, pick like on them. Or, like yeah. 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 It's very it's very weird. But, um, you know, so I, that could have not that could have something to do here, too, which maybe. You know, lends to the argument that it's good to get your dog neutered for more than one reason. Uh, and in this case, because who knows? Who knows if the other dog, meaning not Dag Prescott's two pit bulls, picked up the on neighbor. that? Yeah, the neighbor's dog on the right. fence picked up on that. It was kind of initiating the uh, altercation, if you will, over the fence, and the pit bulls just kind of had it, and maybe were like, "Okay, well, I'm going to get to you. I'm going to get to you eventually," and they chewed their way through. Yeah, if you're oh. if you're in your backyard for yeah. you know days, weeks, months, years on end, and your neighbor is 
is yeah. next door on his side of the fence and he's screaming and cussing at you. Yeah. Eventually <laughs> you're going to, you're going to, you know, uh, get crack. Up, yeah. yeah. Get fed up with it and go and do something about it. So it's understandable from, from that point of view, but it's interesting that, uh, that she, she said that to the 911 officer and she knew that one of them was unfixed, but not the other. So, that, you know, that's kind of, kind of odd. The other, the other thing here is since he's a football player, he's probably not home a whole lot. So maybe he didn't yeah. know what was going on either way. It's his responsibility too, but maybe the person who was taking care of the dogs was actually the, the bigger culprit and not, um, uh, you know, not making sure that the dogs yeah, were I'm, safe and uh, secure in their own yard I, this day. Something you, yeah, something you mentioned there makes me think about one of my biggest pet peeves and it's people letting their dogs bark for an extended period of time in in their backyards, because that tells me that you're a little bit inconsiderate. Let me be, let me rephrase that. You're very inconsiderate and there's no way to shoot good. It's it's, your dog is barking. It's called nuisance barking. Who uh, who knows if at some point you become numb to it. I don't know. I don't, my dogs bark. If in the back, I bring them right in. Right. But who knows if this person that was taking care of his dogs could have, been more considerate and heard the dogs barking once, twice for five minutes, 10 minutes. And then, you know what? They made a choice. I'm going to investigate. I'm not going to investigate. When you don't investigate, you risk uh, potentially something going wrong, like what happened here, right? Something escalates, dogs get more frustrated. But if you were responsible and looked back and said, you know what? Right. These dogs are under my care. This amount of barking seems unusual. I'm going to go investigate. And if you, you see, hey, this dog's chewing a hole through the, through the fence or they're really getting after... Maybe it's time for you to go out and bring them in. So, you know, it's just good policy, right? Backyards, yes. are, backyards are convenient, but it's not a place for your dogs to just run run wild and bark their heads off for 20, 30, 45 minutes, you know? Yeah, definitely don't. Uh, people shouldn't treat their backyards as a daycare, okay? Yeah. You know, engage with your dog, do do things with your dog. If he's out there barking, okay, terrific. We want our dogs to alert bark for us if someone's going by. Okay, sure. great. So if your dog barks Absolutely. once, go check on it. Keep the dog from barking. Say, okay, that's cool. I knew the UPS guy there or someone's jogging by. No problem. Sure. And then prevent him from doing it again. And, you know, exercise is a great way to do that. Engage him in play or bring him back inside. Okay. But if he's out there barking over and over and over again, two things, one, that's not cool. And number two, he's got a lot of energy. If he's got the energy to bark, he's got the energy to walk with you, run, play ball, whatever. So you, you know, it's the dog's way of telling you, uh, you need to do something with me. Yeah. I have too much, I, I have too much energy. I need something to do. I need a job. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter how big your yard is. This this guy's a millionaire and he's got a huge property and so does a neighbor. Doesn't matter. The dogs will still require you to have a structured exercise uh, situation, a routine of some sort. The big backyards are still not the answer. And here's proof of it. They're still going to do what dogs do. Try to get you to the dog. Try to whatever it is. If they if they feel like they need a mate, if they're not unneutered, they're going to try to mate. I mean, a dog is still a dog. They need that that boundary. And people right. need to, to be a little bit more aware of what's happening in their backyard. But anyway, uh, if you want to move on, Brian, uh, I'm well, I just to add let me let me just add one more thing here, yeah, real sure. quick. Is the other thing is if this if this dog icon, if he was never allowed to meet or socialize with the neighbor's dog, then he's even more frustrated yep. because he's got a next door neighbor that he can smell right. and maybe hear, but have, never gets to go up to and interact with. So that could have that could have fixed the prevented this problem from happening in the first place if both owners had gotten together and yep. introduced their dogs or walked their dogs together. So I, w- I would yeah. put 
both people at uh, at fault, um, you know, for for that aspect of it. Yes, yeah, so, and we'll definitely follow up. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the end result is of this yeah. court case. But speaking of court case, I know Brian, you just mentioned that you've been uh, to a few as an expert. Uh, what do you call it, an expert witness? Yeah, expert witness in uh, in dog behavior. Maybe share some of your um, experience with that, as far as what people should know about the court system when it, when it comes to dangerous dogs. Well, the first thing that I always tell people is it's a heartbreaking experience because yeah. you know one person typically one side feels horrible, the other side is angry or upset or distraught or or something, regardless of what happened. It's not a good experience. So I would not wish this on on anyone. Yeah. So, you know, that itself to me is a reason. And I tell clients this on the phone is get your dog, walk, get him, you know, exercise, get him socialized with other dogs so that you don't end up in court because it's it's not a pleasant experience. And, and you know, it's not a pleasant experience for me because of the reason I'm there. If someone got bit or a dog got bit or a dog even got uh, got killed, which is which is, um, you know, happened in, in this case that I'm, I'm going to talk about. Uh, right now. Um, so, you know, do whatever you can to avoid having, having to go, to go to court. Generally it's a, it's kind of a one, uh, one and done process when, when I go in there, by the time they call me to the, yeah. to the standard, they, they schedule that court date. They've had one or two court dates to determine, you know, what's going to be the next step and if they can appeal it on, um, if, uh, if the dog is a dangerous dog and so forth, and then they'll call me in as an expert witness. And whether it's my first or 21st time, the judge gets to decide whether I am uh, an expert witness in, in that case, which I find interesting because they make it sound like you're qualified once and for all and that's it. But, but, so it's kind of interesting from that, yeah. from that standpoint. Um, yeah, you definitely get, you definitely have a position of, of, I would say um, not power, but you definitely authority. Uh, yeah, authority. You definitely, which is which is good because I'd rather someone like you, who has seen true aggression, be able to go in and give your uh, object is it objective your objective opinion, and not someone who maybe does dog stuff but doesn't really have the hands on, boots on the ground experience with aggression, which is the the um, area where most of these court cases take place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and one of the one of the second things I, I tell new clients on this is regardless of who's of who's paying me, and so far it's always been the, the defendant side who's who's been paying me, the the, the dog side as it were. Um, yeah. you know, I tell them you're gonna get the truth from me. And if you don't like the truth, then don't call me to the stand because they have, yeah. have that that right too. I never, you know, I'm not gonna fudge anything for anyone. I be I want to be honest about this through through and through, regardless of, of what I determine the dog's temperament to yeah to be. Um but in, in this case it was you know, very interesting case. A, a pit bull, a big, really, really pretty uh I guess they call it blue and yeah. white pit bull, a male his head was about the size of a volleyball. This dog was, <laughs> was big. His name name was Ice, um, and the the owner really uh, really nice young young guy. Um, uh, he was I think in in his home, but maybe in a different part of the house. His roommate's girlfriend um, came in the door. And the door didn't shut properly, and so the dog had the opportunity to slip outside when he heard um, two other dogs 
yeah. barking and carrying on outside. There were two Yorkies being walked, not by their owner, but by a dog walker who I met later on. I'll describe her in a bit. So ice ran out there and according to the, um, uh, the dog walker attacked one of the little Yorkies who died, which is heartbreaking. And yeah. then, um, you know, she called, uh, she called the police and took the dog to the, uh, to the vet. Um, and the, and the vet said, yes, this is, you know, that this dog got attacked. It was absolutely a da- a dangerous dog. And then we, then we end up in court. And so what I found out from hearing both sides of this was ice ran out and circled the dogs in an excited way. He wanted sure. to play with them and he had always been friendly with dogs. And that's what my temperament test proved. And I have pictures of him meeting not only other dogs, but a Yorkie that I had a colleague bring with me. And mm-hmm. ice was a perfect gentleman. He didn't approach them with speed. You yep. know, he didn't approach them with any aggression, nothing like that. Ice was very, very well socialized, walk well with these guys and stood with them as we you know ran by, did all sorts of tests for, for ice, but apparently ice, just went went out and circled and wanted to play. Um, and so near as I can figure is because it, sorry, let me back up a second. The veterinarian said that ice had killed this dog, but did not find any wounds on the Yorkie and no saliva from ice on the Yorkie. So basically the vet admitted that ice did not come into contact with this dog. Yeah but was willing to go and testify to say that ice is an aggressive dog. Yeah. Based on uh, the fact that the other dog just died, but no evidence. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so I, I found that I wasn't allowed to listen to her testimony, but I I found that pretty, pretty disturbing, very disconcerting that a professional would, would do that because she was the veterinarian of the, uh, of the dog who had, who had passed away. Um, and and so immediately after, after this happened, ice then was playing with the other dog. So they're trying to say that ice ran out and killed one dog and then started playing with the other dog, even though (laughs) we're jumping and excited. So it, it sounded fairly incredulous to, to begin with, but as near as, you know, my guess is the woman, and she was a very nervous, high strung woman, did not appear to me like she knew how to handle dogs at all. So I get my guess is she panicked and she either pulled too hard on the leash and maybe choked the little Yorkie out or yep. she uh, got the leash wrapped around the dog's neck. Cause the little Yorkie, you know, five pound dog, it's not going to take much to, yep. to suffocate a dog like that. And I, I'm not wishing this woman any, any ill will, but I just didn't touch this dog and the roommate who raced out there after the dog, the roommate's girlfriend who raced after the dog, they both saw it. And they said, ice did not touch not, you know, a tooth, a foot, whatever did not make contact with this dog. Um, and yeah. so, you know, it was my job to go in there and, and defend this giant beast of a, of a dog, um, which most people look at and say, wow, okay, he must, he must be a killer. He's, he's got, uh, um, got a big head, lots of, lots of muscles and his name yeah. is ice. So clearly, you know, he's, um, he's a, he's a big, scary, scary. Well, I, dog, so it must've been his fault. I'll also add to your credit because you're, you know, Pitbull is not your first breed of choice, No, no it's but, not. You, but you're still objective about it. And we're able to say, you know what, I took all the information and here's what I think happened based on me reading this dog, looking at me, reading the person, the handler, the dog walker and the experience you had before bringing your dogs I think is awesome because a lot of times people go in with a lot of maybe preconceived notions. Sometimes it, it keeps us safe. Okay. But in this case, it sounds like the lady may have caused it and then maybe it wasn't 
really wanting to take the the blame for it and just was like, you know what, I'm going to blame this dog. So. Yeah, could be. And she came out of the out of the court, um, you know, upset and, and crying. But, you know, maybe not as much as you would think. So it's <laughs> it's tough to say. And I guess one other thing it's possible. Can dogs have heart attacks? You know, did this little Yorkie get a heart attack by this other dog charging yep. up towards, you know, racing up towards them? I, you know, maybe that's possible, but there were, there were no marks, there were no wounds, no, no bites, no saliva on the, on the little Yorkie. So I, I just don't see any way that, um, that, uh, ice could have, could have been deemed a dangerous dog in this yeah. case, which, which he, which he wasn't. And he got off. And, you know, the other part of, of court that I want to, want to make sure people understand is we got, we got out of that court and then the owner's husband came out and ju- was just shy of making threats to ice's owner right outside the courtroom in front of everyone. And so we walked out of the courtroom just, you know, trying to stay away. And a lawyer intervened and said, um, you know, this may just, just calm down, take a, take a breath here. I know this isn't, uh, isn't the information that you wanted to hear from this case, but why don't you take a breath and back off and we're going to leave and we don't have to have to see each other at again. And then the dude somehow got ahead of them and waited outside of the courthouse to yell at, to yell at the owner again. Yeah, I didn't tell you this part. And so the attorney um, just went back in the court, um, the court building and called a, uh, called a bailiff out and said, you need to escort us back because this guy is looking to cause trouble. So it's one of those things where, wow, it was bad enough. And now it's become worse because they didn't get the outcome that they thought was, was fair, which justice wasn't served or I guess in that case, but that's almost always the case when you go to court, someone's always feeling like, well, maybe, you know, so anyway, the point is these things can happen really fast. Oh yeah. And you always always want to be aware, especially when you're outside of your home, do you have control of your dogs? Uh, are you applying the techniques that we've talked about, leadership, boundary setting, leash handling, sound for warning your dog, corrections? Um, are they socialized? Do you trust them? Do they respect you? All these things need to come into play because you uh, – Otherwise, you can put yourself in a situation like this, right? And no one wants to be in it. But we also don't hear about it. People hear about the puppies and it's great to own a dog and they're playful and they're cute. And, but there's also another side that people need to know about um, to, to look out for. And there's a real, a real consequence there. But I appreciate your service, Brian, uh, for that. I have never been myself. I think it'd be interesting to, to kind of uh, uh, be a part of that process because I think I'd be – um, well, I'd be like, you yeah, do my best to be as fair as possible. And I think sometimes you don't always get that, uh, when you're dealing with uh, two parties and there's dogs involved. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting from a standpoint that you're basically pitting yourself and your knowledge against a prosecutor who, you know, maybe has thousands of year of hours experience in a courtroom and he's trying to make you look bad. He's trying to make you look, you know, stupid yeah. and a fool. Um, discredit you or yeah, yeah, di- yeah. Discredit you. And then, um, you know, to, to, to go against that. Well, so that's, that's an interesting, uh, interesting aspect of it, of it as well. But like Carlos was saying, all this comes back to what we're trying to, what we're trying to teach our listeners here and our clients is know your dog, whether we're going into a, a dog that we don't know anything about, you know, like at, at the animal shelter with, with Sakura or one of the other dogs there, or whether we're going to a client's house where we have some information about the dog, but maybe not all, or whether we're doing a court case, where we have tons of information about the dog and we know that there is a, a bite history with this dog. Yep. It's, 
it's always the same. We're there to temperament test the dog, to read the situation, to read the dog's body language. And so that's what we want people to to take away from, you know, not only this podcast, but all of our teachings is learn, know your dog, learn about, you know, your dog's behavior, his body language, his energy, all of these things, and you can predict what's going to happen. And then once you can do that, then you can prevent these sorts of incidents from happening because there's no reason that that a domesticated owned dog needs to attack another dog if he was temperament tested properly and has a responsible owner. Yeah, for sure. Now, we don't know what's going to come of the Dak Prescott case. We're going to stay tuned and uh, I guess let the court process uh, play itself out and then we'll uh, follow up and give our opinions. But that's pretty much it. You know, make sure that you guys know that, hey, having a dog is a real responsibility. You're not like a cat. A cat may get out and the cat may scratch, but nothing like a dog doing damage to another person, which... Um, put you in a lot of legal issues so yeah i don't i don't think there's a dangerous cat statute in the uh in the virginia code so that's probably probably not too big an issue yeah and i think that's that's fair i mean you know just know what you're getting into and the best and the best thing is knowledge is power the more you know the more confident you are the more you can predict a situation from taking place and 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 hopefully uh step in rather than go well how many times do we see these stories and people go well my dog never did that right never did that to me and we're like, well, of course, to you, but, you know, have you tested this dog outside the home to see if that, if you get like a red flag? Most of the time, I would say nine out of ten times, Brian, would you, I don't know if you'd agree, but dogs will give uh, hints and, oh, sure. and clues. Hey, I'm about to do this. I don't like this other dog. You know, I'm a little bit uneasy here. And so people sometimes just dismiss those things and they get themselves into problems, so. Yeah, either either they're dismissing it or or they're just not reading it. I'd say I'd say it's closer to ninety nine times out of a hundred people are not reading their their dogs right because the dogs are giving the signals through their yeah. through their you know how they're how they're standing, their body language, how they're breathing, what they're looking at. You know, they're uh, they're they're letting us know. They're signaling all the time what they're thinking and what they're about to do. So yeah. I you know it's it's human error when it comes to this. Like I said, ninety nine percent of the time. So yeah, fortunate. So cool. Well, uh, I think that's good, man. We will continue, like I said, with the um, Dak Prescott story here. And um, Brian, you want to wrap it up for us? Yeah, I think uh, I think this was a really good topic. I'm glad we covered this. Uh, like Carlos said, we will be following up now. It may be a while. It may be several months. And oftentimes, the more money yeah. you have, the longer you can drag a drag a case out because you're hoping on you know people's memories lapsing and and that sort of thing. So it might be a while. But we will uh, we will follow the story and, and get back to you on this. So thank you very much for listening, everyone. Fee, uh, please uh, subscribe to to us and like us on Facebook. Um, and if you have any questions or comments, just uh, let us know. And you can always feel free to call me directly at seven zero three. 489-1319 or email me at brian at gooddogworkshop.com. I'm Brian Kirkner with Carlos Marino for Good Dog Workshop. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good day. Thank you.